This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez with your red pill. I haven't thought about that intro in a long time, but it's so true. I mean, you have to have to just make a decision to open your eyes to take that red pill. Or, you know, maybe the blue pill is the better choice. Like, I'm not saying it's not the better choice. I like <laughs> steak, whether it's real or not. So anyway, I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6, but I have an extra show today, 12 to 2. On live St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, my number, if you want to call, we're talking about this college admission scam, but we're peeling the onion. So it's not what you've heard before, and I am very interested in what people have to say about it. 404 872 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. My, This is right up the alley of my trusty sidekick, Binkley, who doesn't believe in institutional learning credentials as the end all and be all of success. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the first word, even though I have a lot of things to take off, but you, you've always had this attitude and uh, give us, you know, give us it in a, in a mind vitamin. An SAT score or an application is one method of getting into college. It's uh, a degree is one method of, of, of getting a job. You just have to show what your value is. But the real crime is they, they have conditioned kids to believe that the only path to success is by getting a certificate. And you can get a certificate without learning anything. What you need to be is learning skills and knowledge that you're going to use to pursue what you want. Well, this Lori Lachlan case is, if people haven't heard the first hour of this show today that we just did, please, we're going to post it. Wednesday on the prop report commercial free you should listen to it but what we've been talking about specifically is the case of Lori Lachlan who seems to be getting the most publicity even though I in reading the affidavit of the FBI it looks to me like she's could argue to be more of a victim of a con artist I mean I'm not really seeing the smoking gun here but Bigley, you pointed out one of many logical inconsistencies in that particular case which is her daughter the first one that um, she used connections to get in with has a successful YouTube channel and USC has a big film school. Perfect match. Perfect match. And we, you were saying it's like SAT scores is one way to get in. Yeah, but this is the they, this dream is exactly what for they, them. Yeah, this is exactly what they want. Exactly. And this guy is a, a consultant on how to get into college. And he's saying, OK, this she's making six figures a year. It's 15, 16 years old. Film school, let's steer her away to that over to rowing. That makes a whole lot of and sense. he might have behind the scenes gone to the film school. They gave him 500 grand. The only evidence I saw was that 100 of it, they instead of they gave 400 to his charity and 100 they gave directly to somebody in the athletics department. My guess is he never put any of that. He just pocketed that 400. That's my guess. I, I think you're on to something. I, and, and you called that the big con, right? The big con. Yeah, there's a book called The Big Con. It was a study. Some uh, guy, the writer, uh, David Moore, he followed around 
con artists for years and he documented their tactics and they would target very wealthy, out of touch, naive, rich people. And the con artists who were who put on a performance to the very extent they would set up massive, elaborate performances strictly to con the one wealthy person that they would all con over and over and over again. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, he my guess is he was acting not as a facilitator, but really as a gatekeeper. He actually told uh, Lachlan's husband not to speak to his acquaintance, someone who was going on a trip with the athletic department director. I'll let you talk, and then I've got to say, <laughs> you're triggered, Binkley, go. No, I'm saying exactly. That that right there, He he's separating the people that would uh, blow up the cons from so each other. this happens to me once. A headhunter, I was looking for a job, and... I said, I want to work at this specific place. And the guy said, oh, they're not looking for anybody. So he did not submit my resume. Someone I knew who worked in the place said to me, oh, my gosh, we need somebody. Submit your application. So the headhunter calls me and says, I heard your application wound up on the desk of the guy who ran that firm. And I said, yeah, because uh, they're looking for somebody. And he said, well, look, do me a favor. If you get that job, tell them that I get the fee because I'm your headhunter. And I said, excuse me, I said, no way. I was like, you you kept me. You cost me six months trying to get that job. I'm not going to give you the credit. And then he was all PO'd. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? And then I realized that he was a gatekeeper. He kept me from it. And I feel like this guy. So we had a call earlier. They said, there's just t- so, so much money. And this guy just smelled all that college donation money and USC one of the one of the main story the first story that came up when I was reading about this says about how this guy says to you you pick your college I'll get your kid in first of all that absolutely cannot be how it works because he would have to start from scratch at every single college to find somebody who is both uh, corrupt enough and influential enough to open the door so it looks to me he suggested USC to these people you pointed out it doesn't even look like Lori Lachlan ever even went to college so she might not even know did you see if she went to, it looked to me like she just went to half hog i don't think that she went to college well, I have not. uh so no, I'm, I, I really want to read some excerpts from the affidavit from the fbi that make me think there's no smoking gun are you answering my question about her college yeah she had she did not go to college as far as i can see which would make sense that they would know nothing about the process right and the and the husband's Italian, I think. So he even if he went to college in Italy, he might think it's different. And and a lot of rich and fa- famous people went through this consultant. So if he had a good reputation of success, they would trust him completely. And like you pointed out, they have intermediaries who right. who will foster this reputational factor. That's what the con is. It's confidence. Yeah. They And they all tell each other about the easy marks and they, they drain them dry over and over and over again. So if that's really what's going on, shame on the FBI yeah. for how they're presenting this. And they're a million dollar bond on Lori Loggins. Can she go to jail for this? Could the coach go? To, like, So let's just think about it, even with taking that out. A coach takes a bribe to let somebody on the team at a private school. He gets fired. Could the private school call the cops and get him thrown in jail for that? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just, it's fraud. I don't know. Uh, Employee fraud? Is that? I, I don't know. It's all baffling, the story. What, what I want to know is if, if they will fall for this, Laughlin, 
then these con artists are, are saying if they will fall for this, they will fall for anything. I want to know in what other areas of her life that they're getting conned by these these bloodsuckers that are probably surrounded by them. Oh, well, speaking, first of all, there there's some guy, some person who's repeatedly mentioned Moss, who seems to be working for Lachlan, who I'm sure they have people, you know, have your people call my people. A but roper what? is what they're called. What? A roper is someone who ropes no, them no. in. No, no, Moss... Or maybe Moss betrays Lachlan. I don't know. But there's another person involved here. Let me read this weird passage. Uh, This is a weird passage that doesn't really make a ton of sense, but I want to read it. It says, on or about February 6th, Janouli wired 200 grand to one of the uh, charitable accounts. Uh, On or about February 2018, an employee of Cooperating Witness One, who is Singer sent the Janulis a receipt, falsely indicating that no goods or services were exchanged for the purported donation. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So they might have thought they were making a charitable donation. But And let me just finish it. Uh, in March, USC mailed the Janulis' younger daughter her formal acceptance letter. Shortly thereafter, the high school counselor ma- emailed Janouli memorializing an encounter between the two men, between the counselor and Janouli, earlier that day. So the counselor says, I wanted to provide you with an update on the status of your younger daughter's admission offer to USC. First and foremost, they have no intention of rescinding her admission and were surprised to hear that was even a concern for you and your family. You understand? Yeah. So the counselor at the high school said, Mr. Giannulli, why are you worried? What USC is baffled that you would think that your admission could be rescinded. You know what I think probably happened? What? What do you think? That guy probably warned them over and over again. If you if you listen you don't to me, put that money in my going to get rescinded. Okay, I'll make <laughs> right. sure it doesn't. Right. And he was compromising them all along the way in this book. The big not con. just compromising them, but he was yeah maybe they but, had no but idea he was blackmailing them at that point. Right. I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not saying blah blah blah. I'm just speculating based on information the FBI. This has is a given. more logical story than the one they're yes. telling. Uh. You can verify with senior uh, uh, USC assistant director of admissions if you want. I also shared with that person, uh, the admissions director, that you had visited this morning and affirmed for me that your daughter is truly a coxswain. That's the crew thing. Okay. The same day, Heinel, that's the the admissions director, that's the athletic person who received the $50,000 check at USC, Heinel, left Singer the following voicemail message. I just want to make sure that, you know, I don't want the parents getting angry and creating any type of disturbance at the school. So why would the parents get angry and create a disturbance at the school? Because they got conned and swindled. They just realized it. I don't know. I just want to make sure those students, if questioned at the school, that they respond in an appropriate way, that they are walking candidates for their respective sports. They're looking forward to trying out for the team and making the team when they get here, okay? That's what I just wanted to make sure of. So I just don't want anybody going into the Janulis High School and yelling at the counselors. That'll shut everything down. That's what the email says? Yeah, that's what the voicemail from the... Wow. That'll shut down the con. Right. They're worried that Lachlan is going to figure it out. That's, that's what it exactly like what that. I, I mean, mean this sounds like open. it came straight from this book, The Big Con. So then, 
So then uh, law enforcement agents, after Singer started cooperating, law enforcement agents had Singer call Giannulli. And and this is what he said. Singer says, well, it says CW1, cooperating witness one, which I'm pretty positive is Singer. I'm calling because I just want to make sure you're, give you the heads up that my foundation is being audited. Giannulli says, okay. CW says, which, as you know, is normal. Giannulli says, yeah. CW says, and so they're looking at all the payments. So they asked me about your two payments of 200 grand. Giannulli said, uh, CW said, and of course, I'm not going to say anything about your payments going to Donna Heinel at USC. That was the 50 grand to get the girls into USC through crew. So Giannulli says, sure. Uh, Singer says, that's for sure. Giannulli says, right. And CW1, who I'm thinking is Singer. But what's funny, it's funny because Donna Heinel called me a couple of weeks ago and says, hey, uh, going forward, you can do what you did for the Giannullis to, uh, to anybody else. So it's funny how, you know, I thought I was just making stuff up. Giannulli says, uh, right. Uh, and CW says, but they loved it. Giannulli says, uh, right. Perfect. CW1 says, so I just want to make sure our stories are the same because... Oh, my Gian- gosh. Giannulli says, yeah. And uh, CW says, and that, that your 400K was paid to our foundation to help underserved kids. Giannulli says, uh, perfect. CW <laughs> says, okay. So I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Giannulli says, perfect. Got it. All right, meet me out back in the dark alley after sundown. He says absolutely nothing, but that your donation was to help underserved kids. And Janulie's like, yeah. We are on the same page, right? I mean, this is this is a swindle. <laughs> but the page they're on is that the foundation is to help underserved kids. The, the 50 grand they gave to the athletic department, if their children truly did not row crew, that is seems to be in furtherance of uh, of a fraud against the school, which is a private institution. And I would further say that, the oh, I got to take a break, that the director, uh, the athletic director, is the one who is the, is the culpable one. I'll be right back. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I'm totally cracking up about this college admissions scandal because I've clearly triggered Binkley. I don't know why. I rarely get this much rise. You're triggered because you just read the book. What's the name of the book? It's called The Big Con. Uh, the author is David Amur or Marer, and it was written in like 1940. Oh, it was fantastic. written in 1940. Yes, fantastic book. It will change the way that you think about politics if you if you relate it to politics wow and what i found interesting i i put on my old website coming soon and new form at the prop report but i have a glossary and i the reason i spent my time and effort with the glossary is that terms illuminate yeah. what's really going on so if there's a word for it mm-hmm. you know if there's a word for black propaganda there's a word, you know, why there wouldn't be a word for it if it wasn't real. I mean, there might be, but like it's it, there, there's parlance. There's a lexicon, as you called it. And this has a lexicon. Yes, it does. It's so a very I, unique lexicon that the con artists use. Like the roper is someone who goes around looking for a wealthy, naive target that they can uh, bring in to meet the guy called the insider man, who is the person who kind of he's like the quarterback of the con. 
I don't get he, he he directs <laughs> he directs where everybody goes and what he's the strongest con artist since he's the main actor in the theatrical staged okay. play. So uh that's I think that that what I'm reading in this makes me think more that these people were con than that they were conspiring. Yeah. But I got to take yeah. a break. I got to take a hard break because I went too long last one. But after we can t- keep talking about this, but I also want to talk about the difference between an education and a credential. And uh, it's more, maybe it's more interesting than it sounds, but it's a, a, a very important distinction. I think this it's fascinating. Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. Normally, I have a bonus show today. It is St. Patrick's Day. I'm on till 2. And we will post the podcast, commercial-free podcast of this weekend's shows on The Prop Report, short for The Propaganda Report, thepropreport.com on Wednesdays. So you can always tune in to it that way. So I haven't actually... uh, giving people time to chime in on this college admission scam, mostly, I think, because what I've discovered about this story is so completely different from what everybody's been hearing all week. It's hard to digest, but I will, uh, I'll open it up for people to call if they want. I've got lots more to tick off, though. So 404-872-0750-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Actually, there was a good tweet, Binkley. Give me that tweet if you've got it handy. Tweet from Seattle Skeptic. This just shows that there's an un- underserved market for a number of college uh, elite college spots. I wonder what institution distorts that market. I hadn't actually thought of it that way, but yes, there a reason that a that a quality education should be scarce so i have several answers to this tweet because it's kind of complicated but is there a reason let's just go through this real quick i'm asking you binkley can you think of a reason why a quality education should be scarce not unless you're trying to maintain your power over your subjects right so that's where you get the power of a credential which scarcity may be the only value yes in it Okay, so I, I could, we can dig into that topic if we have time, but that that's just a high, go ahead, you can. Access, that's a word that they use a lot. Access is, okay. is uh, yeah. Yeah, so John Taylor Gatto, who I mentioned earlier, talked about a study where, you know how you see like Harvard graduates make much more than other people. There was another study done, I, I, I'm not saying that's for sure, Whatever. Uh, the more elite schools, I believe it was Harvard, has a higher average lifetime pay than people who go to other schools. But when they did another study, Gatto was talking about, it was people who get into Harvard have that same level of pay as people who went to Harvard. Yeah. So it's really an admissions skill they have. Mm-hmm. And... I dug into that a little bit. I said, why don't people just give IQ tests? Why people, I, I always felt that. Like I had, I took an SAT, got into school, and all I wanted was the diploma. Why did I have to wait four years before they would give it to me? 
And now yeah. I personally think that most of that is they want the opportunity to indoctrinate you. And then I just tried to figure out why doesn't GM and GE and these big companies just bypass that altogether? I mean, they're so big and powerful. They can give you six months of training. They could hire mm -hmm. you for a fraction of the cost. They could hire 18-year-olds who have more energy. And then I found a case called Griggs v. Duke. I think it was Duke Power, not Duke University, where they were doing that. And it was having a disparate impact on diversity. So disparate impact doesn't means you don't have to be discriminating against people. The purpose of yeah. having an IQ test could be we only want white people and we're going to make the test so that only white people can pass it. It was not found that they had a discriminatory intent. Nonetheless, it had a disparate impact in that it favored some ethnicities over other ethnicities. Okay, I'm just saying I'm not opining on it i'm just yeah. saying that unintended or intended consequence was they said you can't do that anymore now schools still can do it sats can do it yes they have diversity initiatives and they only they don't only take the iq test but that's a very the sat thing is very heavily weighted and it too as far as i know has a disparate impact i believe it's not that uh, whites get the highest scores. It's it's kind of like a if you look at the globe, there's a, basically a continuum of of you if you wanted to break it down by ethnicity, if that's important to you, you could find patterns. Yeah. So that in itself makes it impossible to prove your worth without to offer evidence of your aptitude without the imprimatur of a college whose very name implies what that aptitude is. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to the local community college, which I went to, it implies one aptitude. If you're going to Harvard, which I also went to, and I keep getting this tweet like, stop bragging about your schools. I want you to know, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck, and I do believe that there's funny business at the top. You know? Like, yeah. it's not just some... Uh, it's not just the... Uh, People who are portrayed as basement dwelling gamers who yeah, yeah. think there's something going on. But that implies a totally different aptitude. Mm -hmm. And they're allowed to infer your aptitude by that credential, but not by an outright IQ test. So that's one thing that I think if that were overturned, it would absolutely decimate college admissions. And it's and crazy that that is not allowed. You're not allowed to test and evaluate someone to see if they can do what you're going to pay them to do. And it's so weird because I believe that public servants can. So, uh, you know what I mean? I, they give tests in the city of New York. I remember you had to take the fireman's test or the policeman's test. And then in Connecticut, there was a case where they used the test as a cap, not a floor. So wow. if you did too well on the test, some guy got discriminated against because he did too well on the test. Weed out the people that will ask questions. Yes, I think so too. And the guy, and they said, well, we do that. Their argument, and it was upheld. They were allowed to do it. We do it because smart people get too bored in this job. And Fine. that, I find that very hard to believe because there are plenty of smart and lazy people who are happy to work for 20 years. I mean, anybody, smart people can do math. And then they get a pension for however long and they can take up their career as musicians, you know, or whatever their intellect drives them to. There was one other thing I wanted to uh, identify as an institutional 
problem. So the tweets talk about institutional problem. That that I believe that that case has an impact. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is I, I had read just by coincidence, maybe it was rising in the news already before this thing blew open. I saw an article in the Huffington Post saying I I have a bachelor's and I'm wake, make, working four jobs to make ends meet. And the the young woman has a like totally miserable look on her face. <laughs> And of course, I was like, really? Was it in computer science? Are you, did you take a degree in uh, something that you could get a job in? She got a degree in English. So I don't, I don't know if that has value or not, but neither does she. And you know why she doesn't know? Because she hasn't taken initiative to see how she could use it, perhaps? <laughs> well, she would be forced to figure it out. Yes. Bingo. If she had to finance it herself as she went or in advance. In this way, she doesn't actually know that it was a total waste. And she was she was fooled into thinking it had value because she's bitter, right? So I assume she was under a misapprehension because she s- school subsidies do not discriminate by major. Government subsidies for school loans, private loans that are subsidized or guaranteed by the federal government, uh, don't discriminate by major. So if, if if the federal government did not subsidize the entire spectrum of college degrees, a private institution would do an, a net present value analysis. They would say, is this person going to be able to pay off this $100,000 loan? What is the net present value of the career of that person for the first 10 years, which is when we want our money back. And it would have to be kind of high because you have to pay rent and all that kind of stuff. And somebody wrote back to me, well, English is important. I'm like, okay, 13 years of government-funded education before college should be enough to teach an American English. Yeah. Can I say something about that? Yeah. This is a perfect example. This person got an English degree and the framing of that article, I have a degree and I don't have a job or whatever it was. It, it, it's a framing of a limited mindset that's dependent on government and on others. Because an English major, if you, if you know what you want to do and you decide I'm going to be an English major and this is how I'm going to use the skills and knowledge, then you are learning and you are applying as you're learning. So you're not dependent on getting the degree. You're, you're building your strength. Your initiative. Yes. Yes. I actually thought that if you were forced to analyze the NPV, you would also think of alternatives Mm -hmm. and maybe do something Mm -hmm. more practical, more useful, even maybe something building a house or whatever. If you really did the NPV of what one, two, three hundred thousand dollars of school, you could grub stake a house to flip for that. And then you would have a population of people who could do stuff. And that mm-hmm. is quite a threat to the state. Yes. It's the initiative, the go get them that they, they don't want to and teach And the them. skills. Yeah. The skills. So I think that's why Ukraine has such a hard time with the Donbass or the people on the Russian side, because they're farmers and mechanics and all that stuff. And it, you're just not going to take their land from them mm-hmm. and or intimidate them, which is how they talk. They're actually throwback masculine. But anyway, there was a book you reminded me of, which was a great book. I had a review of it on my previous website, Albert J. Nock, Our Enemy, the State. And there was one line in that that really 
I had to think about. He said something like the number one problem, the reason we will never get out of this mess of of tyranny is for we'll never get out of it as long as people think a job is something to be given. And I just was like, what? What are you talking about? And over the years, I've just looked around and I've thought, I can go buy a potato. And then I can grow a potato. And I can eat the potato. That's my job, right? So you just start with the b- most basic subsidy. Yeah. That's when I started to realize that when you read Habitat One of the UN, which is kind of like the very first incarnation of uh, whatever sustainable, but they say private property is fine, but not real property. <laughs> so the fruits of your labor is okay, but you can't own land because it gets concentrated in the hands at the top, which is just hilarious. It's that by uh, who, if you are not allowed to own land, you know somebody is definitely keeping you off that land. Yeah. That's the top. So us at the top are going to make sure it doesn't get concentrated at the top <laughs> right, by holding it all. <laughs> but I realize that without land, you cannot grow that potato. So you're, I always try to think of like, what is the bottom line thing that cannot be substituted? Air, water, food, even clothing. I was kind of like shelters, like depending on where you live, I think you could probably just. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon people are going to be like, do I have to breathe for myself today? Where's my AI? Oh, there are oxygen bars. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. And then when you see, like, the water places, they charge, uh, and it's, like, often in Spanish, you'll see a water place. I think they are, they are like, totally scammed into thinking you can't drink the water here. They're paying for the water. But, uh, but I think, e- yes, it's just uh, the, the basic substitute of what you're talking about gets you to where you can be less threatened by not having access. But the more they give out free phones and require that being plugged into the matrix gets you food and take away with sustainable cities, take away your transportation, take away the land, take your away seeds that will grow. I mean, look, that it all, it all boils down to your basic needs and just thinking about it. Don't be brainwashed by psychology and sociology and propaganda and social engineering. We fear reflection more than anything else, but it is the best thing we can do. Yes. I, uh, well, let's, let's promote a little more of that, but really I want to take a call. Right after the break, we'll get to Debbie. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are wrapping it up. I'm going to give... Debbie, the last word, but Binkley reminded me at the break that I should tell, even at the risk of bragging, that I dropped out of high school and I went to community college and I ended up graduating from Harvard and yeah. and more. So you can, uh, my husband's like, that's a moonshot. You can't tell people that to inspire them. Like, I think you can. Like, you can think out the bo- outside the box. Yep, million ways to achieve one goal. And that goal may, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but I really want to hear from Debbie. So I'm going to give Debbie the last word. Debbie, what you got? You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I hope that you can take this one step further regarding admissions into colleges. Like yourself, I I am actually a financial advisor, but my dearest friend, who was the valedictorian of her class at Vassar, she put her through herself through school waiting tables, and she entered at 17. She now has a son 
who will be graduating with a 5.0 out of Naples. He's in three honor societies, plays with the Junior Philharmonic in Naples, lettered in golf and tennis, and is an all-around fabulous kid. The college planner that they're speaking with said his chances of getting in to a very high top school are slim and none. However, if he was from Guatemala and his parents earned less than X, he would be welcomed with open arms. I am hoping that this horrible thing that has just been exposed with college admissions goes a bit further and deals with merit-based versus adversity and diversity um, admissions. What are your thoughts on that? That's interesting. I only have like 10 seconds left. I will say I believe that you have to check a box to get uh, to the top of the pile. And that is uh, uh, Thomas Sowell addresses that very interestingly. So I'll refer you to Thomas Sowell and his writings, and you can listen to the podcast of our weekend shows Wednesday on thepropreport.com. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.